0: Well, if you listen to the show, you know I enjoy word games. And it turns out, according to my next guest, I enjoy word games because I'm good at word games and I don't do other games because I'm not as good at them. And that's not a good thing. Apparently, you need variety to work out your brain. So word games are great, but you're generally using the same part of your brain every time you go do something like a crossword puzzle. So you need variety. Your brain will thank you for it later, Apparently. Joining me now to explain is Robin Xiang, Associate Professor at UBC's Faculty of Medicine in the Division of Neurology. He studies the brain, memory loss, Alzheimer's disease, and related dementia. Welcome to A Little More Conversation. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. It's an interesting topic we talked about. I find myself playing a lot more games now than I used to. Principally because of Wordle. So now I play something called Global, another called Worldle, another called Hurdle. (laughs) Um, And what you've posited is that variety really is a good thing when it comes to these sorts of games. Why is that?
1: Well, because each of these games stimulate a particular part of the brain. For example, Wordo may uh, make you think of spelling of different words, and that helps you retrieve uh, different words. And it's a part of the brain that stores uh, word uh, knowledge and uh, information. So by playing that game, it stimulates that part of the brain. But um, but it doesn't necessarily improve your mathematics, for instance, and it doesn't necessarily improve your visual spatial skills. Your brain is organized uh, so that there are many different uh, aspects uh, of uh, cognitive function is stored at different parts of the brain. So the more variety of games that you do, the the better stimulation that you get.
0: So it's almost like like phys- like working out, uh, if you only work out one muscle in your body, then, then you're not doing yourself. But is that, is that about right?
1: Yeah, that's a good analogy. So you, you lift a lot of weights with your arms, you get big biceps, but you can have weak legs. You have to do, <laughs> do exercise all over your body in order to get a strong body.
0: So when it comes to something like Wordle um, or a crossword puzzle, for instance, am I using the same part of my, my brain when it comes to, to that kind of deduction?
1: So even using crossword puzzles and wordo they are slightly different.
0: Okay. So I
1: um, when I was asked to comment on it I, I learned playing <laughs> wordo and um and it's kind of a, a Uh, variation on the game mastermind when I was playing as a kid. So you have to guess a sequence of uh, colors and it will give you a cue whether it's uh, black or white. If, If it's black, then you get it at the right place. If it's a white peg, then you get it the right color, but it's in the wrong place. Right. So if you don't get any pegs, then you you don't have that color. So WordO is a play on that. So it will give you a cue whether the location of the letter that you guess is in the right place or in the wrong place. Right. And then, uh, but Wordle is different because it uses words. So there are certain combinations that are not words, so it doesn't work. <laughs> so it, you have to know your. Uh, Five-letter word spelling pretty well in order to retrieve that memory, but you also need to use some logic, like whether the placement of the letter is correct. So, and it's different from a crossword puzzle. A crossword puzzle typically gives you very short cue um, that relates to a word that. May be a meaning, but it may also be something else related to that word. So it it uses a slightly different form of memory retrieval, but uh, in both cases, it improves your spelling. But right. for wordle, I guess particularly five letter words.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean wordle. I guess the letter the words in wordle aren't particularly complex, uh, and there is a sort of a system to it, just like crossword. My grandmother used to always say, my late grandmother used to always do crossword puzzles because she said it kept her brain sharp and i guess she was yes. right
1: yes it's uh, it's very good to keep on playing puzzles
0: so when it comes to the different varieties of things that we can do when it comes to using puzzles to sort of work out the brain if you're someone who really likes word games for instance say you like wordle and you like crossword puzzles what other games should you what other things should you be looking out to do to try to give yourself a more balanced brain workout
1: Right. So people generally are attracted to things that they're doing well with. (laughs) So if you are a journalist and writer, you're probably quite good at playing crossword puzzles already. But you may not be so strong with arithmetic and and mathematics. So it may be helpful to do some Sudoku. Sudoku is not really mathematic. It's more like a location and logic. Um, But but there are other mathematical games like... um, Uh, For instance, uh, if birds are crossing the river, like uh, there are 10 birds, and how many lakes are there? Things like that, so you can do uh, different types of arithmetic puzzles. Um, And and then there are also uh, visual-spatial skills, which is very important with uh, everyday activities. So uh, sometimes uh, I would say that video games are actually pretty good with uh, visual-spatial skills and also eye-hand coordination. and, uh, and most importantly, are the, the logic type of games, because if you use logic, you are using uh, something that we call executive function, that is the frontal lobe, uh, and it involves uh, solving everyday problems. So if you're very good with logic, then, then you can uh, help with solving everyday functions. That makes you, I guess, it, it makes the function more useful.
0: Yeah, um, and... and- because you did mention that people have a tendency to gravitate towards things they're already good at. So in other words, you're working out a part of your brain that's already pretty well developed. Um, you did have some recommendations to avoid the frustration of starting something say that you're not very good at uh, and using it to try to work out maybe a part of your brain that might be underused, for instance, maybe not underused. That might be the wrong word, but but trying to build up a new part of the brain can be frustrating and you uh, And you have some advice on how to make it less frustrating.
1: Yeah, well, it it mostly has to do with uh, game design. Game design is actually very similar to exam design by teachers. So if you're a teacher and if you make your test, like everybody fails, then they lose their interest or or they they lose their confidence. Uh, But if it's very easy and everybody gets 100%, then it's too simple and they, they get bored. So... Um, game actually, video games designers know that, and uh, the sweet part is about seventy-five percent success rate. So you get up about three or four, three out of four times right, and then uh, one out of four times you get it wrong, and and that will stimulate you. You will f- figure out why did you get it wrong that time, or or why didn't you solve the puzzle, um, and and then uh, it will get progressively harder. When you get better and better at the game, you you get harder to continue. Uh, continuously stimulate you um, so yeah so if you are not very good at a certain type of games for instance arithmetic mm-hmm. then start with something simpler like do the easy ones first and when you get in good at the easy ones then go for the harder ones just like any other skills that you learn you have to start from the easy and then work
0: up to the hard ones you've written that in fact and you obviously are an ex you know you study Dementia. Um, you've written that this, in fact, can have really beneficial or beneficial consequences for people when it comes to uh, warding off cognitive decline.
1: Right. So this builds on the cognitive reserve theory. So um, uh, my my main job is study dementia and uh, cognitive impairment and how to ward that off and how to treat it. And we know that brain cells. Uh, although are a bit resilient, but once you lose them, Um, even if you gain new ones, you have lost the connection. That's what we call synapses, the connection between brain cells. And that is um, how we learn. When we learn something new, uh, we make more connections between brain cells. So by developing more connections, learning more things, and uh, keeping your brain functioning, you keep these connections alive. So when you need to retrieve the information, it becomes very efficient. And in order to do that, you need a healthy brain. So um, the best way to ward off dementia is actually learn many new things while your brain is normal. And when people start to develop cognitive impairment and early stages of dementia, um, we still want them to stimulate their brain. But if we force them to do something that they are already not very good at, for instance, if people have early stage Alzheimer's, their short-term memory is very bad. but if you force them to learn like a, a list of 12 words or a lot of memory information, they are having a lot of difficulty, and that can be frustrating. So um, sometimes uh, uh, overly forcing them to do things could be uh, detrimental to their health and, and their well-being. Um, so th- we have to walk a fine line. But the best way to prevent dementia is early on while we're still Uh, healthy, like uh, the age 40 to 60 range. Actually, the the younger, the better. um, Learning different games and puzzles also help the developing brain. So it's actually very good for kids to play a wide variety of puzzles while they're developing because it helps them to learn many different functions.
0: I'm speaking with Robin Hsiung, Associate Professor in UBC's Faculty of Medicine's Division of Neurology. He studies the brain, memory loss, Alzheimer's disease, and related dementia. We're talking about the benefits of doing puzzles, not just Wordle, but a whole range of puzzles to try to work out the brain, to keep the brain in good shape. After this, we'll talk a bit more about that whole idea of it's better to start young um, and how to make yourself time and what you should be looking for. Uh, How much time do you need to spend? How long is a good workout for the brain, in other words? We'll get to that after this. I'm back with Robin Hsiang, Associate Professor in UBC's Faculty of Medicine's Division of Neurology. We've been talking about the benefits of playing games. This was inspired, of course, by the vast popularity of Wordle and all its many offshoots, uh, including ones that I play, such as Worldle, Global, Hurdle, uh, and many others, if you have tried those yet. Uh, you were talking before the break about, uh, about starting young. And I'm wondering what kind of time should one devote? Um, Everyone knows sort of, you know, an hour at the gym is okay. Some people know that people spend longer than that. Some people will know even just a bit of exercise is good for you. How much time should you spend if you want to start young and keep your brain in good shape? How much time should you, should you spend sort of figuring, you know, at least devoted to things like games?
1: That's a good question. Um, I. I am not the expert in, in younger brain development right. but um but probably just like exercise there's um uh, optimum time and if you overdo it you may actually stress your muscles out so um most uh, games, um, they can probably keep your attention for a good 20 to 30 minutes um, and then you get a break um, and then move on uh, or, or come back later if you have difficulty. Probably um, it will be the same, but I'm, I must say that I'm not the expert on younger brain development. I will right. have to look it up. <laughs> look yeah, up the information.
0: That's, no, that's, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Um, we have an aging population, obviously, in Canada. This is we've talked about this a lot in terms of what impact it will have on 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 things such as dementia in in the coming years. Um, I, I suppose from where you sit, it must be very important that younger people, as you mentioned, forty to sixty, are acutely aware of of the sort of of what one can do to try to ward off, or at least try to do what you can to uh, to to prevent cognitive decline.
1: Yes. Um, so that's the, a lot of the research data is showing that um, there are a number of risk factors that are linked to dementia. Um, other than the cognitive reserve, like how good your brain function is, there are a lot of uh, medical risk factors like high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, overweight, things like that. And it probably help. um to prevent the disease, you have to start thinking about it 20 years before your disease onset. So to prevent dementia to come on at age 70, you have to start looking at your risk factors at around age 40 to 50 to try and uh, keep your blood pressure well controlled, uh, avoid high cholesterol. Uh, If you have diabetes, that needs to be controlled, things like that. And um, and that really helps to prevent the later onset dementia. Mind you, there are still people who are perfectly healthy, but they still get dementia. And some of those are probably due to genetic factors. And uh, unfortunately, some of the genetic factors are not modifiable. So um, uh, we're still working hard on trying to find a treatment for those
0: patients. Well, we do, I guess, have a better, much better understanding today than we did many years ago about the fact that um, this doesn't exist. This is does not exist in the brain by itself.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I, and we're seeing more of the uh, dementia cases mostly because our general health are getting better in the past when people already... Died from other diseases like cancer or stroke or heart attacks, um, then they don't live long enough to to age. But now those diseases are getting better treated, and people are living into their eighties. Then we're seeing more and more of these cases, and we have um, we're now trying to ward off dementia um, in order to to lead the best life that we can live.
0: Absolutely, um, have we? Taken it, I mean, I know that we read quite a bit about it. Uh, certainly, as the baby movers, the, the uh, traditionally the largest population cohort head into their into their 70s and their 80s. I imagine we'll be talking about this a lot more. But are we as a society taking the the risks of dementia seriously enough yet?
1: Uh, yes and no. I think um, we're now recognizing it, but I have to say Canada is behind some of the European countries in, in this aspect um, uh, where they are much more, I guess uh, we can use the word aggressive in their um, management style and also very um, uh, supportive in the research arena. Um, so, um Canada, we are kind of following behind. We do have great researchers. I have a lot of Canadian colleagues who provide a lot of um, advances in in learning about the disease. Uh, But from a funding point of view, uh, we are not so strong. And also in the care point of view, um, Canada is not as well coordinated and prepared as other countries. Why would that be? I would have to say probably of um, the funding priorities that the government look at.
0: You would think dementia would be a funding priority given what a large segment of the population mm-hmm. uh, would, be, would be prone uh, at this point.
1: Yes. Um, well, we are advocating. Um, so <laughs> the more people learn about us uh, and help to advocate, I think it will help the government hear that.
0: I'm trying to picture why it wouldn't work because it is so obviously one of those things. Like we talk a lot about cancer, obviously we talk a lot about heart disease, Um, but dementia seems to be one that we haven't talked about as much. Is it just a question of, of, of competing, you know, so many, so many different things out there competing for attention?
1: Well, certainly the the world is a, Complex. place So there are right, a lot indeed. of competing interests. But uh, at least in the past, um, dementia is kind of brushed off as just usual aging. But right. we now know that it's not. It's just a very common disease in aging, but it's not normal aging. And uh, also in the past, there's kind of a stigma attached to it. So people don't talk about it as much. Um, just like mental illnesses, there's a stigma attached to it. And if you have a family member, Um, they feel ashamed and they don't talk about it. And now I think society is much more open to learn about brain disease and understand that it's not something that we want on ourselves just like cancer nobody wants to have cancer and nobody wants to have the dementia or mental illnesses but uh, but it's something that we need to understand Um, so if we're more open talking about it and uh, as a society more acceptable to people with these type of um, problems and um, and we're more readily to help these people
0: Robbins Young, thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it.
1: Happy to be here. Thank you.